If you're building a security event and incident management system or team system for a large enterprise, you're probably going to use Kafka and you're also going to collect a lot of data in a lot of different formats from a lot of different systems, which makes it an interesting Kafka Connect application. I talked to Vitaly Rudensky, a once and future Kafka Summit presenter, about how he solved a problem like this recently. It's all on today's episode of Streaming Audio, a podcast about Kafka, Confluent, and the cloud. Hello and welcome to another episode of Streaming Audio. I am your host, Tim Berglund, and I'm joined in the virtual studio today by Vitaly Rudensky. Vitaly is a principal engineer at Oracle, and today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about data collection. We're going to talk about Seam. We're going to talk about that Seam, the, the security thing, not like the things on, on shirts. Um, and we're going to talk about Kafka Connect. So Vitaly, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, Tim. Uh, thank you for uh, offering me this opportunity to talk, uh, to, to uh, tell what I did. So just, just to notice, so we're going to talk about the time when uh, I was working in another company. It was McKesson Corporation and all the security stuff that I did, all the stuff that I did related to McKesson, uh, McKesson Corporation. Very, very important note, principal engineer at Oracle. What are we talking about today? Not Oracle things. So... Thank you, for, thank you for getting that out of the way. That is that is important. Um, and um, what what else was I? Going? Oh, the um, what what got us into this? You gave a talk on this at Kafka Summit 2020, the first virtual Kafka Summit in August of last year. And I think you also had a blog post on the Confluent blog uh, that that followed up on that. Is that right? Yes, yes, this is correct. So my. Uh, Conference speech was about uh, feed your sim smart with Kafka Connect. It was about how to feed your sim with uh, data, how to ingest data for your sim for your security. So, yeah. sim uh, is those will be linked in the show notes, obviously. So you guys, you want to go follow up and watch that summit talk and read that blog post for for. I mean, we're, we're going to yeah, cover a lot of that in this. And right. follow-up uh, post uh, in Confident blog, it was about, so it was more like uh, more detailed or more technical uh, explanation on of what I did. It was related to Kafka Connect and the connectors that were used uh, to ingest all the data. The, the data. A lot of this, so um, just so as not to bury the lead, um, a lot of this comes down to being a Kafka Connect game. But I kind of want to set the context first. Like, what's the problem you were trying to solve? Um, SEAM is a fairly well-known acronym at this point. That's S-E-I-M, but probably want to define that for anybody who doesn't know what that means. And so let's start with that. What's SEAM and what was the problem you were trying to solve? Okay. SEAM as uh, acronym for Security Event, uh, Security Information Event Management System. So it's just to collect all the data and analyze the data. And what we're talking about today is data ingestion. So we all know that before we start analyzing any data, we need to collect the data. And that's the thing that always comes first. So how to collect data, how to clean up data, how to filter data, how to get rid of the data that we don't need and avoid the collection. And as you know, all the companies that Sometimes uh, 
the products built on a price for the product products is uh, related on the number of data you collected of the amount of data you collected and sometimes for big companies for lots of data it may be really important to reduce amount of data to collect and what that's what we do with Kafka connect okay you do that reducing in connect itself can you can you give some context about um so I, I know we're we're talking about ingestion, but can you give some context about the particular security problems the system was trying to solve and the kinds of data sources that were there in the business? Like, what what was the business doing? What was the the basic domain, and and what were you trying to prevent? So it was enterprise security for a big company that uh, has a lot of uh, PII, personal data, uh, healthcare data. And it's it really important to, to protect the data. And this was enterprise or um, infrastructure for uh, enterprise security to collect the data, to analyze the data. And we have a product team. And uh, the product team, it was Splunk. And we need to feed data. We need to collect data. That we need to collect data from uh, thousands of servers that we're running from uh, inside the company. We need to collect data from multiple uh, cloud services. We need to collect data from many, many important applications. It's all security data. And we need to ingest the data. We need to uh, feed our team with the data to make an, to make our analytics, to make correlations, to make uh, searches, to just to aware of company security. And so the kind of the outputs of the analytics could be something as simple as um, this is potentially an unauthorized access, or there's a pattern of maybe somebody has escalated privileges, uh, compromised some system, and yeah. something, something like that. Yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. And maybe like fraud detection, uh, if we're talking about analytics. But again, yes. to make a fraud detection, we need to have data again. Yep, you do. So there are logs from uh, applications of the company's own, there are cloud services that are emitting, I guess, logging events mostly. Uh, and you have to collect those. And so the analytics we're not going to talk about today. I just wanted that context on everybody's mind so that they know what you're trying to do. Um, but tell us tell us what data collection looks like in a, in a system like that. I'm, I'm actually, it just sounds unpleasant. It sounds like there are a lot of things to connect to yeah. and everything's going to be a mess and nobody's going to agree on schema uh, or anything. <laughs> so what's it like? So yeah, so it so since you mentioned schema, so it's in most of the cases data is schemaless, data is raw. Since if even if we collect like a simple thing like syslog, it always different. It for many companies, for many vendors, they all say that we can send you syslog, but it's not necessarily to be syslog. So it it usually it's just a lot of raw data. And in terms of uh, the way to collect the data. Two ways. We have two ways to collect the data, push and pull. Hmm. So one thing is a push. So we listen for the data. It's like the, the most uh, common uh, example is syslog. We listen for the data over the network, TCP, UDP, uh, and we receive data from a remote site. It can be HTTP, it can be NetFlow, it can be syslog, it can be so whatever can be pushed on our site. Gotcha. And the other option to receive data or to collect data is pool. 
So we have some APIs, we have some uh, remote files, we have some remote databases, and we need to pull data from those services. Oh, sure. So there's some other security monitoring system. I mean, the, the, the same solution is not monolithic, we, but there's a database of events that that system cares about. And well, there's a table and rows get inserted, right? Yeah, we're all, we're all in clouds now. And so a lot of uh, security data pro pro produced by cloud services and that we also need to collect, we also need to ingest and deliver mm -hmm. to SIEM to correlate with some uh, internal And that's, that's the API side of things. So there's a cloud service and, hey, you can go ask and it'll tell you, right? Uh, so you yeah. some, some query and suddenly JSON is streaming back at you with something in it that might be of interest. Um, yeah. And the rest, you said syslog and just sort of usual suspects like that. Those are the, those are the push. Yeah. Okay, so certain services are pushing data at you and you have to go pull from others which are going to be HTTP this is queries. Absolutely right. Change data capture. Okay. All right. And it's schemaless, or I mean, when I say schema, there's always a schema, right? There's a there's a format and uh, nobody agrees. Eventually, eventually it will go to some uh, some of uh schema data with a schema. So eventually when we deliver it finally to SIEM, so SIEM uh, usually anticipates some kind of structured data yes. just to, to be indexed, to be analyzed, etc. But we receive data, uh, uh, we receive data in raw format. Okay. So okay. that's one of the challenge just to, uh, to you know, you know this pain that mm. it's it really hard sometimes to <laughs> make schema for the data. And all the glory, you know, is in the analytics, right? It's it's the super cool analytics you can do to detect uh, a privilege escalation attack. And wow, you know, that's amazing machine learning. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. investment, and I'll put that, I'll say, I'll use the nice word. The investment, the, 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 the work is, uh, is on collection. So, um, I mean, take us through, uh, which did you have, uh, off-the-shelf connectors? Did you have to write connectors? How did that go? Uh, so, a little bit about the project. So, usually, SIM vendors, they come with their own uh, collection layer. This or that way. And once so we decided, at some point, we decided to move off the existing or the provided uh, data collection layer to our own, that is built on top of Kafka Connect. Okay, so with back, custom Connect. Backing up a step, this is not a custom SIEM solution. This is a vendor SIEM solution. Uh, no. Oh. So it was originally it was originally a vendor SIEM solution, which we removed and replaced with our custom solution. Nice. Okay, which was Kafka based. Which is Kafka, Kafka based? Of course, goes with it. God, sorry for so, even asking that question. I mean, that's we would assume. <laughs> yeah, and so it was. It was challengeable. It was, you know, when you work in in a big enterprise, uh, you know how if you work, if you worked ever in big enterprise, you know it's not a not a, not an easy thing to make things like this. Mm -hmm. And I want just to give some kudos to my boss at that time, Locke. If you hear me, you're the best. So he was smart enough, brave enough to move this forward and just to replace and and it worked just like a little bit ahead of time it worked it, it worked really, really well excellent 
Um, hey, so let's let's just walk through uh, the the connectors. I'd love to know which ones were easy and and sort of like connect was itself. You know, connect got to be connect and and make it all happen for you. And which ones? When was that not true? Where you had to go and write your own? And were those on the the pull or the push side? I'd just take yeah. us take us through the story. Yeah. So as I said, cool. As I said on uh, on conference on conference uh, presentation, so we had like three key things that allows us to make uh, all this stuff successful. We have two connectors. One connector I created for pull data, and another connector for push kind of data. And we made some uh, custom transformation that really allowed us to make unstructured data to a structured one. So let's talk a little bit first about a push connector. So it like it it it, it built on top of uh, Netty. So you all know that framework Netty is really great for networking, and the issue that it solves. So we. It's configurable. So the first thing, it's configurable and it designed it, or developed to be able to work in, in to collect huge amount of data and in, to be configured in highly, highly available manner, to be available to work in behind uh, load balancers. So, you know, all these, all these fancy things for our enterprise data collection and for large amount of data collection. You can check my post on this. It has very a lot of details on how to implement your custom connectors, how, customizations uh, for the connector, how to configure the connector. It supports TCP, it supports UGP protocols, mm -hmm. and you can simply plug in uh, your own implementation to collect to to make like networking data into your data. Yes. It comes with plain converter. It play. It comes with syslog stuff. But if you have your own uh, data that comes uh, from uh, from the network, so you can easily easily extend the connector with additional. It's it has sort of plugins. Are they uh, plugins custom to the connector, or are they are they connect converters, or the Kafka connect converters? It's not yeah. Kafka Canyon Converters, it's custom to the, it, you have to implement it more specific to Netty than, uh, than, uh, got it. Kafka Canyon. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's just, if you're familiar with Netty, so it will be easier for you. It's just for Kafka, you, for Kafka Canyon, you don't have to worry about it at all. So it's just, it just works. So. If you need some additional transformations, I mean, transformation in, in not in terms of Kafka transformations, but so you can you can plug in obviously, but plugins in terms of uh, it's more native stuff and uh, connect is just a wrapper that allows you not to worry. I so you can the key thing that the, the the amazing thing is that you can you can start doing your connectors without any knowledge of Kafka Connect. So if you know what you're doing. You just, if you know in terms of networking, what kind of data you receive, you can do it without, without deep knowledge. Knowing connect. So here's a question, um, and it's it's funny. I'm I'm assuming there's a syslog connector for connect. I don't think I've ever used it or directly seen it, but um, the internet can fact check me now. 
uh, several several thousand people can now tell me whether that's true or not because uh, I can't Google it right now. But I like uh, assuming there's a syslog connector for connect. What what guided you in the direction of implementing something custom? Because you had reasons, and the reason that when I'm when I'm explaining connect to people or just talking about the ecosystem, um, the reason I usually give is oh well if it's a protocol that's not covered. You know, you've got some old mainframe application and it's not any queuing system that is already represented in, as a connector, whatever, you know. But if the protocols are covered, you still had motivations. So what was your thought process for that? And I'm asking the question so that we can help explain to other people who are who are using Connect in interesting ways how to reason mm-hmm. about that themselves. Really good question. So... Uh... Yes, indeed. There are some, uh, I believe at that point it was, I, I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure there are some connectors uh, to collect syslog data. But the reason at that point when I developed, it was uh, super simplified or super simple. So you was not allowed to run it behind a firewall or not firewall, mm-hmm. uh, uh, behind a load balancer. So it was just one. And you remember that time in Kafka Connect when uh, rebalancing started. And yeah. Stop the world, we rebalancing. Uh, it was uh, crazy. So, and at that point, all the connectors shut down. And to avoid this, it was really it, it was really painful at that time. So when when we got mostly got rid of this rebalancing scene, so it it, it was a relief for us. But to to Still, to make it working, so we cannot stop collecting data just just because we do rebalancing. Mm-hmm. So we had to put it behind the proxy, behind uh, TCP proxy, UDP proxy, and that that's the first problem. Okay. The second problem, so we receive, we never know. So some something, some old system still can't make TCP syslog or we need to make UDP syslog. I haven't found at that point, so I haven't found UDP syslog connector. So. And so, but we need, we require TCP, UDP, and we require some kind of customization. So we need, because of different data and different formats, it does. Got it. So the first thing is lack of functionality. The second thing is uh, high availability. We have to run it behind uh, uh, behind proxy, and that probably the key that, motivations to that, make our own. Did the proxy do any kind of queuing? Because if if Connect is doing a rebalance for ten seconds or whatever, it depends. Okay, it depends for UDP. So it not. Not really, not any queuing. Okay. Some of them can make. If it's TCP, it's way easier. Even uh, on on the sending side, uh, they usually have some queue, and they will send it. But in case of UDP, they just push and forget. Okay. And we have to be really highly available in terms of uh, in terms of when we consume UDP data. Yeah, because you don't want to lose events that are gonna make you miss. A, uh, I mean, if it's UDP, the assumption is. You can lose events, but you you don't want to design a situation in which you're losing them. Now, incremental connection. And now, last, go ahead. And last but not least, our idea why we decided to make our own connector is just from configuration standpoint. So, when you have a lot of different connectors, you can find 
different connection, but they all have to be maintained in, in a different way. So like just, just from maintenance perspective, just for people who will maintain the infrastructure, it will be way easier for them to have similar kind of uh, configuration than uh, see and have very different configuration options, very different uh, possibilities or things or features for each and every connector. That the other thing, not not really important, but it's it's good to have. Got it. What uh, was the hardest problem you remember about the the work with this? For this push connector, it was this rebalancing and to make it really highly available. So if just, you had incremental connect rebalancing at the time, would you still have done that? Uh, yeah. So we resolved this up. With the help of Kafka Connect, we resolved these uh, issues. So our connector, it supported to work behind the, behind the proxy. And what we did, we just created two dedicated Kafka clusters behind single proxy. Oh. And so we never made, we never made uh, changes to both clusters at, at the same time. So we make a change. It makes one of the clusters uh, is rebalancing and stops connectors, starts connectors, etc. And when it's done and then back online, we do maintenance maintenance with the other clusters. So we can you can have more than two, so but two works for us. Okay. Was there so some that, that's the way we resolve the issue? Did you then combine the the events from those two clusters? Or was there like some uh, they still right, they still configure it. So the connectors, they still configure it to use the same Kafka underneath. They okay. used to the same Kafka. They used to the same topics. They use okay. exactly the same stuff, and single load balancer in front of them. But the idea is just if one of the cluster for for whatever reason is down, either for maintenance or for rebalancing, thing, the other will serve the data. Got it. Got and it. And will receive the data. It sounds like this was pretty a a, a pretty successful implementation. I mean, the way you're talking about it, it seems like it. There was a courageous leadership decision that kicked it off and you built things and they were the right things and it worked. If uh, Number one, tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong, but tell me if I'm wrong. And if you had it to do over again, is there anything you'd do differently? Not really. So it it might be some sort, uh, let's say so. I would use native four instead of native three. So that, that's what I would do differently. So yeah, I still working on to migrate it to a new version, but at that point, so that I decided to use three because it was default for Kafka at that, at that time. Right. So if I did like today, I would use newer version. Cool. As for the rest, I think it, it's really good. So I I wouldn't change. Maybe some internals, some, but you know, your code will never be perfect. So there's always you have you have something to improve. But in terms of, in general, I would say it was really good and I would not change anything globally. My guest today has been Vitaly Rudensky. Vitaly, thanks for being a part of Streaming Audio. Thank you, Tim. Thank you so much. And thank you for letting this opportunity to talk about Kafka Connect and all these data collection things. And there you have it. Hey, you know what you get for listening to the end? Some free Confluent Cloud. Use the promo code 60PDCAST, that's 60PDCAST, to get an additional $60 of free Confluent Cloud usage. 
Be sure to activate it by December 31st, 2021 and use it within 90 days after activation. Any unused promo value after the expiration date is forfeit. And there are a limited number of codes available, so don't miss out. Anyway, as always, I hope this podcast was useful to you. If you want to discuss it or ask a question, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at TLBerglund. That's T-L-B-E-R-G-L-U-N-D. Or you can leave a comment on a YouTube video or reach out on Community Slack or on the Community Forum. There are sign-up links for those things in the show notes if you'd like to sign up. And while you're at it, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and to this podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. And if you subscribe through Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review there. That helps other people discover it, especially if it's a five-star review. And we think that's a good thing. So thanks for your support, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>